0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Restoration Temples podcast out of Lima, Ohio. Today, Pastor Gene Salisbury has a sermon entitled, Water Baptism. Let's join him as he gets underway. So this is part of our original foundation course on water baptism back into probably the early 80s. And so with this, we had dozens of people who were baptized and then filled with the Holy Spirit. And you'll see the uh, you'll see the Ho- the Holy Spirit run right along with us this morning, because that's where we'll be next. We'll go right from water baptism to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then we will hopefully <laughs> uh, lay hands on some people around here. And especially some of our young people, and we want to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Amen. Amen. So. You'll see, that, you'll see that woven right in there in the lesson today. So what I'm going to do, and basically this is a lot, am stuffing you, because also back then, here's what would have happened. You see that second, don't read this, that second page I gave today? If you today, if you look at that second page today, that was a newsletter from what, 1984? You'll see on there that there was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, right? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night. There was also college night, where we taught college courses. There was also, then Sunday night, there was royal ambassadors. with the, So you had royal ambassadors on Tuesday night, not for young people. So we were just getting ready to, look, to launch royal ambassadors uh, when, when that newsletter came out. That had to do with taking our young people to the nations. Okay? My point being, I would have given them a little bit on Sunday morning, and you'd have had the same crowd on Sunday night. You'd have reviewed a little bit and give a little more on Sunday night. Comes in Tuesday night, you had basically the same crowd. They all, those that came on Sunday morning came on Sunday night. It didn't or Tuesday night. You varied hardly any, unless some guy had to work nights. And so those that culture was all is all gone today. This just disappeared. And so basically, you have Sunday morning in this culture today. So that's why we're stuffing you this morning with all kinds of information. For those of you, for those of us that were baptized, I was baptized in, Crean and I were baptized probably early, late 65, early 66. It's a long time ago. But for those of us that were baptized in water, I guess, I guess the thing to, remind, to remember today is what did that, what did that mean to us then and what does that mean to us today? And so with these scriptures, which will be many, uh, which we're not going to plan on teaching them these scriptures, uh, we're planning to just put them out there, and then the reason I gave the notes to, to Dan and Jennifer is, is is that we're hopeful then that they will sit down at the table with, with the girls, and then just, and Nikki, and Lonnie and Nikki with Kenyon, they'll just sit down at home, and they'll just have a chance to, to read them over, to look them over, and to discuss that, you know. And that wouldn't be necessary. You say, well, as a matter of fact, in these notes, it tells us that when most people were baptized in the Bible, it wasn't that long after they were saved. But you've got to understand that there was a teaching ministry in place where they would eventually got all the teachings about what that means. So they would have been baptized and then educated later <laughs> uh, on, on some of the things. Sometimes it works in reverse. You're educated first and then you're baptized. It can go either way. And uh, water baptism is not optional. We will say the same thing. We will say the same thing. (laughs) We will say the same thing up here when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I do not believe that in the the Word of God, in the early church, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was seen as optional. You can take it or leave. Okay? We have that in our culture, for sure. and And there's a reason for that. Maybe we'll get into that when we have the teaching on the uh, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thought Glenn Foster said it so well decades ago. Glenn Foster talked about he 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 saw a vision one time and he saw the uh, he saw the the saints of God flowing up to Zion. Flowing up, up to Zion. And all as the church was on their way up to Zion, he saw them stop. Some stop along the way, and they would stop and build a little camp here, and they would build a, a wall around it. Others would go on, and then they would stop here, and they would build a wall around it. Uh, and then some would go for a little further, and he saw them stop and build a wall, not going to the top of Zion. So what he was seeing was Lutherans and Methodists and Amen Presbyterians. He was seeing everybody. They would go so far, and then they would form a, a domin- denomination around their leader. And if their leader didn't see it, they didn't see it. If Wesley didn't preach about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak the tongues, they didn't preach about it, you know. And so, I think what he saw, as a matter of fact, if I would have the uh, tape, and I do have it somewhere, my guess is he saw a day when they would reach the heights of Zion. But not only be filled with the Holy Spirit, but also the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The fullness of the Holy Spirit therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment and this we will do if God permits so we have these six truths, these six foundation truths repentance from dead works Faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the baptism of the, the baptism in the water, the baptism of fire, can you be baptized with the baptism i have been'm baptized with? and they said, Yes, Lord, we're able <laughs> He was talking about a baptism of fire, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple. <laughs> the Jews were saying. Come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord. And, and Malachi said the Lord that you seek will suddenly come into his temple. But who may abide the day of his coming? Because when you get, when he comes, he'll be like a refiner's fire and like a fuller soap. And he will thoroughly purge. He will thoroughly purge the sons of Levi. In our songs this morning, you know we're asking for the lord to come which i love the blessing of god i love to feel god i'm telling you i love that i love that outward anointing, you know but i also know from, from studying the word of god that when i ask for more of god i'm asking for fire and that fire has a way of not only blessing us but also cleansing us cleansing us at times from things we don't want cleansed from like I didn't ask for this, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to get blessed. You know, yeah. amen. God, you know, you missed the point, <laughs> you know. So we have the repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, baptism in water, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Six foundational truths that we can that we need to teach and then move on from them baptize or baptism it means this, the greek is this fully wet <laughs> baptize to be baptized means to be fully wet <laughs> to dip or cover wholly with a liquid or a fluid by the way the word baptize and this is something that all of you have been taught if you've been around here long enough the word baptize was not translated but left in greek Going back to those that wrote the King James Bible, it was said that they did not want to translate it. If "baptizo" had been translated, the meaning of the word would have been all too clear. Go and dip and submerge. The church at that time was sprinkling. It was sprinkling on your head. When I joined the Methodist church as a young man, they, they baptized me into the Methodist church, and I was just sprinkled. I didn't get fully wet. I didn't get fully wet. I was sprinkled. But the word, if they would have, if they would have baptized me, I would have been fully (laughs) wet. As I was when I got saved and baptized in water. He who believes, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. I'm preaching false doctrine here. No, Jesus is. I don't know a whole lot of people who believe this. Anyhow. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. My point is this, water baptism was not optional. And just as being saved, just as being saved by the blood of Jesus was important, water baptism was important. It's part of the gospel, part of the truth, not to be cut out, not to be left out. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Wow. Powerful. Matthew 3 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, and when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open. This is what we want, isn't it? When Jesus came up immediately from the water, behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God, descending like a dove and alighted upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3.15 says, For it is fitting for us to fulfill our righteousness." Being baptized in water is one, is one of the means of fulfilling all righteousness. I got a note here that says this. When Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven like a dove and landed on him. This also became a New Testament norm. After the day of Pentecost, it was expected that those who believed on Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Should also be baptized in water and then filled with the Holy Spirit. So you had saved, baptized in water, filled with the Holy Spirit. The goal in many services depends on how the Lord is moving. The goal would be to, as they're coming up out of the water, (laughs) here comes tongues, amen? Here comes the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen that picture before? Where did you ever see it? <laughs> this is my favorite picture. This is my favorite picture probably of all time I've ever put up here. A 1930s Pentecostal baptism. Are these girls now being baptized in water? My guess is, my guess is, if not now, in a matter of hours later, they're going to be speaking in tongues. They're going to be, amen? These these people, were, by the way, were pretty persecuted. These people were, were being persecuted. They were being, the articles were coming out against them in their town, uh in the newspaper, uh, openly, openly coming against what you're seeing here. That's awesome. By the way, that also speaks of a hunger. To me, that's, that that picture to me says hunger. Amen. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So. Through prayer, through worship, and so forth, you—we have to create a hunger. There has to be, you know, yeah. It is said, and I don't—I don't have the best scripture for this. It is said that when Jesus breathed on them and said, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit," it has been said that at that time hunger came upon. You know, passion. I don't. I don't have that as a doctrine, but they weren't filled at that point. But he breathed on them and said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then down the road, they on the day of Pentecost, they were. And I'm telling you that when, on that day, they were ready. It wasn't a head knowledge. It wasn't a head knowledge. They were ready. Amen? They were ready. Well, so good. Yeah. It can happen in reverse. Acts 10 says this, then Peter, then Peter answered, this is about Cornelius in, in his house, Can anyone forbid water, that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit as just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Number nine, he, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Water baptism then, again, was not optional. There was no, there was no early church thought of people being saved, and then not baptized in the water, or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 says, and it happened. While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples. If I have, if I could really thank you for being a good audience, and if you could, just, if you could really stay with me on this one, this is the heart of it today for water baptism, and for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul comes to Ephesus while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And here's what I want to say to us again. Because so so much of the move today, so much of the move today, you do not hear at least, from what I'm understanding, you don't hear that much about a baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, and which is so great for for edification and for for everything else that God ever wants to do with us. Amen. You're not hearing that that much. You're not hearing that much about it. But young people, adults, if God gives us the opportunity, it is still biblical to say to some believer have you received the, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Well what are you talking about? and you are very able and capable of explaining to them just exactly what you're talking about. You can take them from one place to another, showing them and proving to them the necessity of this great experience. Because you see, what's happened is we've been accepted across, we've been accepted across the board. We've been accepted all throughout evangelical Christianity today. And that's because we keep our mouths shut. In this county, in this county, we have dozens of spirit-filled people in non-spirit-filled churches that are refusing to say anything about it. You know why? Some will be back here if they ever did. Amen. They would not be accepted any longer. Amen. So people get hurt and people get discouraged. The people have been around a long time and they've been, I'm just going to sit back. I'm just going to, or I'm going to go to, you know, the church of what's happening now. And some of you old people remember the drive-in theater days. In between movies or before the movie, they would have these commercials going on, and you're sitting in your car, you know, waiting for the movie to start. And up comes this commercial with this church. There's a mom and dad dressed to the tea and mom, a little, couple little kids. And it says, this Sunday morning, join, come to the church of your choice. Attend the church of your choice. Our friend Bob Bartlett said the next church he had, he was going to call it, The church of your choice, so everybody would come. Boy, he didn't do that. So he's down in Mesa, Arizona, preaching kind of like I am this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Hallelujah. We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, this is good. We have not so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And that cued in Paul. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who was to come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Let me read this note to you. We will be back on this portion of Scripture along with our portion of Scripture in Acts 10 when we minister on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but for now, water baptism. At Ephesus, Paul ran into some disciples of Jesus, but they had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and neither had they received Christian baptism. Both issues needed to be taken care of. When Paul found out they had not received the Holy Spirit, he asked them how they had been baptized, and this is so important. He asked that question because he knew that if they had received Christian baptism, they would have known about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How in the world were you baptized? In other words, if we haven't heard there is a Holy Spirit, well, how were you baptized? Well, John's baptism, ah. (laughs) Now I understand. So he explains to them Christian baptism he, he knew that all those early churches, all those early church preachers, when they had baptized, would have informed them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit also. And so he gives them Christian baptism and then lays his hands upon them and the, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. In the early church, being born again, baptized with water and baptized with the Holy Spirit it was like a divine package. It was a package deal. <laughs> The three came together. John's Baptist, the baptism of John was a result of his preaching. It brought conviction upon Israel and it showed them their sins, a need to turn back to God. They showed the attitude of their heart by being baptized by John and then waiting on Christ to come and deliver them from their sin. What are the requirements for water baptism? Number one, hearing and doing the word of God. We're we to moving quickly here then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3000 souls were added to them and now a certain woman named Lydia heard us she was a yeah she was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God and the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul and when she and her household were baptized it's not optional she begged, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Number two, be convicted of sin and turn away from sin. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen and amen. Faith is is required. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned that without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. All I'm doing is reading the girl's assignment (laughs) homework. (laughs) It's good to hear, though, isn't it? In Acts 8, we have the story of Philip being led by the Holy Spirit to go out into the desert, and there he met a eunuch who had been to Jerusalem and is now returning home to Ethiopia. He was a Jewish convert that God used Philip to lead him to Christ. Here is what happened after Philip had preached the gospel to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Marlon, you know, I think one of the greatest things what you're seeing today is what, what here's here's the missing here's the missing point, and all you prayer people, here's, here's the missing link. We have to have, we have to have restored to us a passion for soul. A burden a burden for the law. That's, what's, that's what we have. That's what God is speaking here. That's what God's going to restore. God, that's, God's going to restore that to us because God's a prayer-answering God. Amen? He will answer what we're praying about. Amen? <laughs> if, we, if we have a passion, if we have a passion for the law, God is things are picking up speed around here. <laughs> things are picking up steam. I have that in the, in the. If you're following my Facebook, you're following newsletters. Prophetically, what ha- prophetically what's happening at that property in Los Flores is is prophetic to us. It's nonstop until until it gets to the point where it can be used by God. Amen. Uh, what looked like dormant, you know, what looked like dormant <laughs> for some time. It's not dormant. And once that once that popped back in my spirit, that this place has got to come up. In other words, this place has to come up. I mean talking about all the way up. <laughs> all the way up. Sheldon says, I'm looking forward to waking up out there with the roosters. He's not that far away. You know, we certainly want to accommodate him. <laughs> I don't know where in Belize you could wake up and not hear roosters, but my guess is they're just closer there, you know, like next door. I said for years we're just the foundation in some things, but wow. <laughs> I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and so. He commanded the chariot to stand still. T.L. Osborne wrote a great book years ago. He wrote a great book. It was called Join This Chariot. What God is saying this morning is from us Christians to those that are lost, join that chariot. Get up and join that chariot. Somehow God's going to lead us to the lost in a fresh new way. Amen. And we won't be ashamed, we will not be ashamed of anything. We won't be ashamed of the born-again experience. We won't be ashamed of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We won't be ashamed of this neighborhood. We won't be ashamed of anything that God is doing for us. Amen? It's amazing. It's amazing. Hmm. As they went down the road, they came to some water. Mm -hmm. join this chariot number 18 Acts chapter 2 then Peter said to them repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit Uh, a good conscience is next the apostle Peter compares Christian baptism to the experience of Noah and his family going through the flood they by faith entered the ark and passed through through the wrath of God safely upon the waters of the flood the girls are going to be able to do this go through this slowly and ponder all this the sin the filth and the corruption of the world the sin the filth and the corruption of the world was drowned in the flood (laughs) amen oh that's good Christ also for Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, by whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He who has, gone, who has gone to heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to Him. Only eight people, this is the new living, only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism which now saves you not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated at the place of honor next to God, and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Wow. Peter plainly says that the water does not offer any cleansing of the body. Water of baptism seals our righteousness by faith because of the steps we have taken before we go into the water. When we come up out of the water, our salvation can be a settled matter in our minds. And by faith, we can rejoice and serve God. We can know that we have been saved from the wrath of God. Saved from death and hell. And we can know that we are in covenant with God. God is with us. God will fight for us. We are saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you have heard me tell that our, our pastor was a, he described himself as a town drunk before he was saved. Yeah, a whole family was afraid of our pastor. I was afraid of our pastor. He was 16 years older than me, and I was a little guy. He not only drank, but he was mean. Well, that's not the best way to put it. He, did, he minded his own business until you messed with him. And then if you're in a, he was in a tavern and you messed with him, I don't know if he ever lost a fight. And he had such big hands. I remember his big hands. So I'm like the little guy, like Uncle Wayne. Mm. Everybody's afraid of Uncle Wayne. When, he, when, God, when God saved him, he saved one mean man. And when he was baptized in water, you, some of you heard me say this, when he was baptized in water, here comes a bottle of beer floating down the river. <laughs> what a prophetic moment of deliverance. <laughs> Never had another drink after that. You used to repent of things and get delivered rather than be addicted in Rather than have a disease that incurable. curable. In the circles I was raised in, it wasn't, I'm an alcoholic, I'll always be an alcoholic. It was, I was an alcoholic, but I'm not anymore. Because God has set me free. A whole generation is raised up today not knowing they can be free from certain sins. Rather than constantly in the group. Modern psychology, It's now intertwined with us to the place you can't tell you can't tell them apart. Wouldn't you rather be delivered from something rather than fight it all your life? Amen? Just like God has set you free. Amen? God has set you free. Well, he can take the cusser out of you. Amen? He can take the cusser out of you. Yeah steps toward a good conscience. The believer has confessed his or her sins. He has confessed his or her faith in the res- death and resurrection of, of Christ. He has taken care of past sins and brought cleansing, forgiveness, and the presence of God. By an, act of, uh, by an, by an outward act of obedience to water baptism, he, she, completes the scripture requirements for an assurance of salvation. Now having met all the requirements, he or she has a good conscience toward God and can go on his or her way rejoicing the same as the eunuch did after being baptized by Philip. Taught the scriptures, four taught the scriptures, repentance repentance from sin, believe and have faith that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, have a good conscience toward God. These four conditions right away leave out infants. A baby cannot do any of the four things Just listed. Okay? As a rule, new Christians were baptized in just a matter of hours or very shortly after receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. We're winding down here. This is our very last. The inward spiritual working of God preceding water baptism. There was a time when sin abounded. There was the law. But there was no lasting deliverance from sin. During that time, there was plenty of grace to cover sin, which brought about the following question. Shall we? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, I think the King James says, amen. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who have died to sin, live any longer in it? Do you not know that, that as many as of, of uh, us as were baptized into Jesus Christ into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen, saints. I kid you not, the, the men of God wouldn't write this if it wasn't true. Some of the great men of God have been warning us for years that in many circles, in many evangelical churches today, they're they are not expecting any change in the individual. They're not ex- somehow or other, they're leading people to Christ. They're leading people to pray and say the right words, but not expecting any change whatsoever in their life. Not expecting it. Not expecting, not leading them into repentance, into godly sorrow. Not preaching the gospel that brings it about a godly sorrow that brings about repentance not to be repented of again. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. And knowing, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Well, uh, that, has to, that all has to be explained because all of us here are not perfect, are we? So that takes a few more messages. I can help you with the big stuff. Okay. Derek Prince. In the early years of Restoration Temple, the teaching of Derek Prince was so important to us, especially in the area of foundation truth. This message I priest, this message I priest has Derek Prince written all over. The following story is from Derek Prince. I'm not saying it's word for word, but it's very close. Read with me. A man who was a wicked sinner is at home by himself because his wife and children have gone to the local church for services. He has been unkind and mean to his wife and children. He has forbidden the mention of God or religion at home. He uses tobacco and liquor and foul language. This goes back to a day when they used to preach against liquor and Tobacco and foul language. It's it's another world. Anyhow, just trust me. Anyhow, he uses tobacco and liquor and foul language. Suddenly at home, he dies of a heart attack. On the stand beside him is a lighted cigarette and a glass of beer. Neither have power over him anymore, for he is dead to them. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you die, if you will die, you will be free from sin I'm I'll tell you if you will die to sin, and that's what water baptism is all about It's probably showing what happened to us on the inside. It's a burial and a resurrection amen they no longer produce any they, they no longer produce any reaction from the man. there is no motion of the arm towards them <laughs> and no desire for them. Why not because the man is dead to them he no longer lives I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me part of that is cut off our forefathers here's here's a little balance for you our forefathers talked about the residue of sin that every believer must deal with as they walk with God This would be the process of sanctification, and that's a subject all by itself. But if you were a bank robber, if you were a bank robber before you came to Christ, but now you profess to know Christ while still robbing banks, truth is you have not received Christ as Lord. You still need to repent and be born again. And if you say, but I used to rob five banks a month, and now I only rob five. You still need to be born, repent, and be born again. Amen. Finally, having met the requirements of repentance and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, the person is then ready to be baptized in water, which is a public demonstration of the bearing of a life of sin and the rising up out of the water to walk in a new way. Newness of life in Christ. Every tribe, every tribe and every Club every club that people join has an initiation rite. Baptism in water is the fulfilling of all righteousness for membership in the family of God. Water baptism is a place of consecration. It is, it is, it is where Jesus made the commitment to go to the cross. Here we die to any other ambition besides the will of God. I might not know about the will, what the will of, perfect will of God is but I will spend the rest of my life seeking it. At the waters of baptism, I die to worldly ambition. I die to the expectation of others. I bury a past life of sin and selfishness. I rise to walk in a new life, The life in the presence of God. Amen? I read the uh, lesson for the girl. <laughs> and Kenyon, when we catch up with him great information to have and amen well I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast if you'd like notes from today please email us at restoration temple at live dot com thanks again for listening and have a blessed week